Well, we are back for another episode of your favorite short form <laughs> podcast, <laughs> The Last Call, as always with myself, David Griggs, and the inflappable Andy Kane. How are you, Andy? I am great. That's very presumptuous of the audience. That's a favorite. I mean, I'll take it, but uh, oh, yeah. come on. Look, I mean, just the rave reviews we've been getting. I'm, I'm getting ready for the Emmy. Exactly. Is it? Our... No, they don't do Emmys for podcasts, do they? There's probably something else. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> it's time to draw that line in the sand. There's always a first, David. <laughs> <laughs> well, as always, we have a topic uh, picked out for discussion. And uh, as always, Andy is going to demonstrate his almost um, almost bottomless knowledge of craft brewing. I'm making a huge assumption here. And as somewhat always, um, I am drinking a gin and tonic. And uh, I have nothing else to say to that. But I'll have to hand it over to you, Andy, for the, for the uh, you know, I think the, res- the respected, um, um, you know, you should definitely have a comment about that. Oh, yeah. There's definitely many comments. Um, <laughs> So tonight I'm drinking a a Kolsch uh, from Hellbent. Um, it's weird because like I got into this mood. I think we talked about this in a couple episodes ago. Like you know, it's starting to spring, starting to poke its head around the corner here, and and just wanted to start getting into those lighter type of beers. And I always, I never liked a Kolsch um, for many years. And then suddenly I was just like, man, there's something to this. Those Germans, they know something about beer. It is a, it is, I would agree with you. And I I was going to comment on the fact that you had a, I must have got a little sniff of spring because I think it is a great, it's a little lagery, right? But not quite. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I, I agree. It's something that I've learned to love as I've got older. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's dive into what our topic is tonight. Um, what are your feelings of Tom Cruise, David? (laughs) Well, yeah, I have, I have many things to say. Um, mostly, you know, favorable, you know, he's a, he's a, he's been in some of the most uh, enjoyable films I've seen. Yeah, well, I still think he's a warlock because he hasn't aged since the 80s. But it's true. really what we're talking about tonight is uh, we're continuing our series of AIML. And you know, it, the, the previous episodes, we started talking about um, what is AIML? Why should we care? Then we moved into some of the advancements and possibly some of the dangers of AIML. And, and what we want to focus on tonight is AI, um, AI and ML can get us into a lot of trouble, but how does it also help us get out of trouble? Mm-hmm. And the reason why I bring up Tom Cruise is there are, there's this subject of deep fakes going around. It's not just like deep fakes refers to where you have a target actor, a source actor, and the output is a merge of the two. So if you're sitting there making um, uh, facial expressions, we you're the you're the uh, source. A target would be like Tom Cruise's face, and you can go online and see these, and they're actually pretty incredible. Uh, how how far it's come? It's a it's a form of like motion transfer, right? Essentially, the, exactly. the, the one person can pull, make facial expressions, say things, and then the ML um, uh, engine essentially animates uh, the target face with the same expressions, which creates this very compelling sense that the, that person actually was there or did say that, right? That's the thing right. about it. That's a bit scary. Yeah. Well, and it's funny cause it's not really like a new, um, a new technique. Like 
if you look at like Forrest Gump comes to mind, right? Where you've got all those historic scenes with like LBJ and I think even yes. Kennedy was in there and they made the voice. You can tell though, right? Like, I right. mean, that's when the technology was super nascent. They weren't using ML. They were using just VFX artists to, to move. And animated uh, that, I think. Yeah. All of that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what this brings up a question is, is like, okay, well, if these deep fakes are getting so good that you and I can just spin up um, a couple of compute instances in a in your favorite public cloud, run some <laughs> open source software, and, and produce this. Like, this is this is kind of alarming. It's true. It erodes our trust in video, which is something that we've enjoyed for some time, isn't it? I mean, of course, there has been fake videos for as long as there's been video, but the even to the untrained eye, they were largely spottable. Largely, you could tell. Not always. Sometimes it took an expert. But the point being a human with a reasonable amount of experience could unpick the deceit and find the fact that it was fake, right? What's different about this technology is that it transcends that somewhat. And now human beings, even experts in the field, um, are fooled by right. um, the result and so you lose a little bit of trust in something that i think we've enjoyed you know not just you know anecdotally but legally right and we, the video has been used in courts of law as proof that something happened right and now um i don't think that that's true anymore yeah and yeah so i mean that, that and i think that's very cool and it's very exciting technology cool. and it, it strikes me that applications in entertainment are limitless right you know if there's a bad take of a movie that costs you know thousands if not tens of thousands of dollars to uh, redo this technology could be used for example to fix that right relatively cheaply yeah. i'm assuming um but it does it does feel to me andy that it transcends into a bit of an eerie uncomfortable space did you feel that way or are you do you oh, think this 100%. is <laughs> okay. no 100 like i think what's what's even more uh what's i think even scarier topic to me at least like video is one thing it's when you get the audio with it and mm -hmm. the audio has come so far as when it when you look at how ai has, has changed that landscape because you know Back in the day, it used to be you would have someone sit there and you would have to have you know, every word and syllable um, spoken. Mm -hmm. And then you'd have to run it through this big process, retrain it. Like It was very laborious to get um, decent audio AI ML output. I'm just going to say AI from now on. Um, <laughs> but what's, what's happened lately, I mean, and um, what I mean by lately is like in the past 10 years, you know, probably really five past five years. I know Google's um, done a lot of work with it is they just need sounds. They don't even need to, to have words anymore because you can put the sounds together to create audible, you know, audio tracks. Yeah. And, there's a very scary website that I can't, think of at the top of my head that essentially asks you to say three sentences into a um, microphone and then you can have it say whatever you want it to say in your own voice and i tried it and yeah. i was blown away i mean it's it was just it was me <laughs> yeah well i think the bigger one on that is it was just a website 
Like it's not some super specialized, right? Uh, you know, company that's doing this. Like you can run this stuff you know, by yourself. Um, yeah, it's all open sourced, right? It's all this uh, yeah. GAN based, like GAN based um, technology that um, is just you know, and I think wonderfully um, available to anyone who wants to toy with it and you know potentially come up with great applications. But again, what is the you know, what is the philanthropic application <laughs> of a computer that can impersonate someone? Like it's, I can only think of one use case, and it's probably because you and I happen to work in that business, which is, you know, is media and entertainment. Oh. <laughs> no, it's not parking. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I was thinking of like, you know, the, the fact that you can fix, you know, production problems, right? In a post environment, you can essentially, you know, deep fake your way out of a badly shot scene and you can probably deep, I don't know what this is called, audio, your way out of a poorly recorded scene, you know what I mean, without having to go back to set and 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 spending you know, thousands of dollars. Other than that, I'm kind of drawing a blank on why this is good for, 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 for humanity. I'm drawing a blank as well. Like, <laughs> uh, I could maybe think of some, some maybe therapeutic um applications like you know some people traumatized by loss of a loved one maybe having oh. their voice comforts them um that's interesting like you mean like so like you you could somehow if you had a recording of a lost um loved one you could have their voice synthesized yeah, yeah. i don't know if that's even the right term but let's say synthesized and then that brings you some therapeutic comfort yeah okay that's a good one. I'm sure there's a Black Mirror episode of where that goes horribly wrong, but the, I mean, I think the, I think that's that's what I could you know consider is like something like that. But it it kind of goes back to to what you were saying though, David is like, well, what's the use? And I was listening to there was this was a couple of years ago, but they they did an interview with um, one of the chief scientists I think over at at Facebook that was doing a lot of this deep deep fake um research and they go you know why are you or it was basically they were asking um how do you stop people from using this for you know for evil if you will or or for ill intent I should yes say. and how it was the tip well it was the typical well it's not up to us you know we're just we're just scientists it's kind of the whole <laughs> guns don't kill yeah, people. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like the gun industry defense to, you know, yeah. someone has to pull the trigger. Well, okay. So what ends up happening, though, and this is what's super interesting is it parallels so many other industries. Um, it's an arms race is that now you have other uh, other scientists working on how do you spot a deep fake? And they've actually... Uh, have done a lot of work on this and it is amazing the accuracy that these new ml models can spot deep fakes well, it's like over God. 90 yeah well it's <laughs> over 95 percent accurate but yeah. the thing is what's scary is uh the human eye could only detect 50 percent and well that's, and was, that's just guessing then right because pretty much you know like is it or is it not 50 no, of the time on the, by the yeah. law of average is you're going to be right <laughs> yeah um yeah, I, I think that that is incredibly fortunate, and I'm glad that as a 
I don't know, a, a, a body of scientists. We are, and I'm not including myself in that, by the way. I'm just saying, I'm using the royal we. Um, I'm glad that we're, you know, as serious about regulating the use of this technology as we are advancing it because unregulated, uncontrolled, I think we enter into a kind of dystopian future where nothing can be trusted unless you're looking at it with your own eyes, right? I mean, and that seems so. I don't know. It just feels off to me and a bit disappointing almost. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the, you're seeing like the downside of, of, uh, media in general is that can, it can be manipulated. And like I said, I, it, it, it's triggering this arms race of like who can, you know, as soon as the, the deep fake, get spotted well the deep fake research is like well how do we not get spotted by that a it's just back and forth and so it's like a checks and balance you know for the most part i mean let's say let's take an example let's say that a video hits the social networks right that has biden and his wife jill and some other folks in a casual setting sitting around a dinner table and biden's telling uh, racist jokes right now to Average Joe, who gets to vote, like all the rest of us, that is game, set, and match, isn't it? I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's incredibly destructive to, yeah. and that's the bit that worries me because is, is average Joe, and I, I would include myself in that, by the way. I'm not trying to suggest I'm not average. <laughs> average um, David. Average David, let's say. <laughs> Um, you know, like I'm not going to have access to or necessarily even the inclination to like, oh, let's see if this is a deep fake, you know. No, I've just watched Joe Biden like tell um, an inappropriate joke in what seems to be like a casual setting. And like his reputation in my eyes has been trashed. So that's an interesting point because, well, what happens if they do run the deep fake investigator? After this has been leaked, or you know, it's out on the the social meds, as the kids say, <laughs> and like it comes back and goes, "Oh, this was a deep fake." Like in your mind, do you automatically reset nope. reputation? Like, nope. yeah, exactly. No, you, it's done, right? The damage is done, and even and I think there's this kind of unconscious bias that occurs because you've seen someone who you. Either I'm not saying everyone respects Joe Biden. Clearly, <laughs> we're a diverse, <laughs> we're a diverse peoples. But let's say that you know this was someone who you'd voted for, and that betrayal, even though it's entirely predicated on a fake um, piece of media, I think it's hard to unpick and hard to unwind. And I think just learning that it was fake, yes, superficially, arguably, um, it does you know give you some relief. But does it really? Is 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 it? Are you really like completely um, erasing any notion? Like you've still seen it. There's some. There's something there. I think you're right. That just can't be unpicked by just saying, "Well, that was fake." You know, there's definitely something that lingers yeah. um, that isn't perhaps tangible and you couldn't point to, and but but it's there in your in your mind. I think you're right. I think it isn't as simple as just saying, "Well, that, that was a fake." Yeah, I agree with you on that one. For sure, I, I think a large number of you know political careers are entirely built on that premise. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely pageantry, as we've seen yeah, with this uh, Scotus 
Oh gosh, yeah, absolutely. yeah. We won't even get into yeah, that. Yeah, that's a different that's a different uh, last call, isn't it? Um, yeah. So I think I think um, I think it's great that we are investing in technology that can help us um, regulate the what has been exponential growth of the capabilities of these types of algorithms and uh, yeah. systems. But I don't know if it's enough, and my fear is that um, whilst there are, I'm sure, and, and we've we've managed to dig up a few in just this short amount of time, you know, I would say uh, progressive, philanthropic, you know, positive applications for this sort of technology. The mind, or at least my mind, very easily wanders to the nefarious side. Right? Yeah. And I think that's worrying. I think that's troubling. But what do you do? We're a free country. You know, not, not all progress is positive. Um, so I'm not suggesting for a second that we need to sort of stop doing it. But um, it does 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 give me some sort of pause, you know, for concern. Yeah, and I think that's that's kind of you know wrapping this up and going back to our original question is um, the it, it triggers. And I keep hating to use this term, but it really is applicable to this. Like it triggers an arm race, mm. and you know, whatever side is kind of ahead at the time is going to have the biggest say within that 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 uh that realm of of technology and so when you really start looking at uh deep fakes and and a and ai like we also need to rely on ai to engineer our ways out of this problem um so it just becomes this back and forth and i think it's it's good in a, in a way that we we have like the the check and balance of of this technology but you're right like it, it's a little scary when you know one side kind of goes overboard and mm -hmm. you're waiting for the other side to catch up yeah I, I don't really have anything to add i think you i think you nailed it i mean that's exactly the problem um but look i mean that's technology right i mean i think there's always ways to use innovation and invention for self-gain and nefarious means um that shouldn't dissuade us right from being an innovative uh, group of people. Um, but I guess every now and again, something surfaces there where I just go, Hmm, I don't see anything but bad coming from this. <laughs> I think this is probably one of those cases, but look, I could be completely wrong. I'm sure our, you know, listeners will chime in and tell us where we've missed this like brilliant <laughs> philanthropic application for in you know, almost perfectly impersonating, individuals in live video <laughs> yeah for sure cool well look andy i we have come to the end again of another uh episode i enjoyed this one i i think this is one i, I like it when we're, we're discussing topics that you know one i'm not an expert in and two like it's not a clear answer right it's not obvious to both of us like exactly what the the you know the outcome or the right answer is for this so i enjoyed right. it thank you andy as always um We'll be back next week uh, with another episode of The Last Call. In the meantime, be curious.